Welcome back, everyone, to No Sleep Till Belmont, your Islanders podcast from The Athletic. As always, I'm Arthur Staple, and another very special guest this week. Uh, only an Islander for a couple of seasons, but they were very memorable ones at the beginning of this decade. Uh, it's P.A. Parento. How are you doing, P.A.? I'm doing well. You? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Very strange time, but uh, we're all kind of stuck in the same situation, and uh, we're just happy to have you here to talk a little Islanders. But first, um, you know, you retired a couple of years ago, but uh, you obviously have a lot of friends still in the league, and you pay close attention to it. Um, what do you make of some of these proposals that are starting to go around about um, you know teams having like a three week training camp either in June or July and then trying to play some playoffs all in the same city? Just uh, you know, just the thought of maybe being away from family for that long. Uh, do you think it's doable? And how would you view it as a player? Well, I think you got to hear you got to hear both sides. Uh, you know, like you said, it's a pretty unique situation we're, we're in right now. Uh, it's not. It's, it's, there's no best case scenario. Uh, I heard a few players that are that are that are spoke out a little more in the last few days that are not really willing to be away from their families for for two, three months, maybe four. Who knows what where, what the plan is here? Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty complicated. Uh, I know I wouldn't I wouldn't be happy to be away from my from my kids or from my from my wife for for that long. Uh, also, you got to understand the owners, the TV deals. Uh, it's pretty complicated. There's a lot going on right now. There's a lot that needs to be figured out. Uh, but my point of view, from what I'm hearing, from what I'm reading, uh, it'll be uh, it'll be tougher than than they think to to get this going to get this done. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think it's hard. You know, we've all been sitting at home for, you know, six weeks or so now. And uh, it's hard to think about even going to the grocery store and feeling yeah. comfortable doing that, much less having a exactly. group of players and training staff and bus drivers and hotel people and, and camera people. Um, it just sounds overwhelming when you start to think about it, right? Yeah, exactly. I think uh, you, you just mentioned it. There's so much that comes into play. Uh, so much people that would be involved for for two to three months that would be that would have to be away from the family. Uh, you know, it's it's super complicated, and it's not. Uh, you know, it, it's it's not the greatest time to, uh, to 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 be. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes, to be honest with you. You know, I wouldn't want to be in Gary Bettman's shoes or or, or the players right now because it's it's uh, the, there's no best case scenario, like I said. Yeah, and you know, if you think about uh, even just even if we could be in a situation where there's enough testing and they feel like it's under control and they can safely open up, um, when you when you go from you know kind of a the season when you're in kind of hitting your stride, especially if you're a team that's going to the playoffs, you've got a couple weeks left. You're really starting to ramp up and jockey for playoff position and get your mindset going, and then it's not just stopping the games it's no skating it's it's trying to work out while you're homeschooling your kids uh, yeah does it does that part just kind of overwhelm you too thinking about it yeah it does i mean I'm, I'm not playing anymore i've been away from the game for for two years now and i can't i can't even picture myself being in their shoes right now like especially if, if you have kids or if like your mind is not really in into hockey and then you got to turn the switch on i know from the outside i you'll hear people saying well these guys are making millions and you know they should get back to, to playing whenever they, they tell them to play uh but i i don't agree with that at all i think it's uh it's complicated uh it's it's tough to be away from your no one should be away from the family for that long uh, I don't care if you're a hockey player, if you're uh, if you drive a bus, or if you if you do whatever you do, you should not be forced to be away uh, for that long. Uh, and I think that's what's going to come 
that's what it's going to come down to at the end of the day. Uh, and I'd be very surprised if they go ahead and, and have a season starting now. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you on that one. I mean, I, I'm hopeful, but, uh, but I, I'm, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for myself to so get some hockey to watch or for a lot, a lot of people for for the fans. But I know it's gonna uh, there'll be a battle and be a lot of things to to ride right now before they they can get this done. Yeah. Well, let's turn back the clock a little bit to uh, the beginning of this decade, um, and when you came to the Islanders, uh, they were not in a great place uh, as an organization. Obviously, John Tavares had just finished his uh, his first season. You came in, and uh, what was that situation like? What was the decision li- to like to sign after you'd kind of bounced around through a couple organizations, and, and how did you find that team uh, in 2010, kind of uh, just getting into uh, your time there? Yeah, well, it was, uh, you know, it was a great time for me. Uh, I've, I was playing the AHL for five, six years now, and I was kind of looking for a spot where I could get a legit chance. Uh, Torch gave me a chance my uh, the last 30 games, I think, with the Rangers that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was hitting the free agency market for the first time, and I was coming out some really, really solid AHL years. I played some some really good hockey, and I had a chance, and I finished in the NHL that that year uh, in the summer I sat down with my agent and we looked at all the lineups in the league and we're like where where would I fit where where would I uh, have a chance to, to to get to the next level to, to make the NHL and uh, there was a couple team, teams the uh, the Anders were one of them because they were rebuilding rebuilding they were kind of struggling especially offensively um, so they were on my uh, my short list and Sure enough, they made me an offer. They, they matched uh, the Rangers' offer that year, and uh, I decided to go with them, not, not knowing exactly what my position was going to be with the team, not knowing exactly where I would fit in, but I knew there was a spot for me, and there was a that was the best chance for me to finally make a name for myself that, that year. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it was helped along by the, the chemistry you had with, with John Tavares pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, I think it was uh, was Scott Gordon that was still coaching at the beginning of that season, quickly yeah. changed to Jack Capuano. But uh, how did the uh, how did the chemistry with John kind of develop and how did you grow to be, uh, you know, a good friend and a, and a kind of a perfect compliment to him for a couple of seasons? Yeah, it was uh, it just happened like that. My, my first two months with the Islanders were not we're not good at all. Uh, me and Scott Gordon really didn't see eye to eye. Uh, he didn't think I could play in the NHL. He didn't think I had the speed. Um, I could see it, the, the way he was talking to me. And I was on the third line, fourth line. I even was out of lineup one, one game. And we were really struggling. And he wasn't making many changes. And I didn't really understand what he was doing. But I was patient. I was keeping in shape. And I was trying to, to keep a good attitude. And, and all of a sudden, he, he, he got fired from uh, coming back from a trip. And... Uh, in California, we went 0-3. We got absolutely killed there. <laughs> I remember the, the guys were pretty down. but So something needed to happen. Uh, and sure enough, uh, Jack Capuano came in, and he knew me pretty well. Uh, like, so I knew he was a good guy for me because I played against him in the minors, and I had some really, really good season in Hartford playing against uh, against Bridgeport, which he was coaching for two or three years, even maybe longer. So he knew exactly what I could do. Uh, as soon as he got in there, he, uh, he he met with me. I remember. I'll always remember that. The, the first line was a white jersey. It was Matt Molson, John Tavares, and you know I, I can't remember who was playing there. I think it was Kyle Postle that was playing there for a bit. But uh, when uh, when Cappy came in, he's like he gave me the white jersey and he's like, "Here, you have ten games. <laughs> Show me what you got." <laughs> I was like, all right, you got it, buddy. <laughs> so I had a great relationship with him. And uh, right away, me, Matt Molson, and Johnny, uh, I think 
and we had, we had another really good line, was, which was Grabner, Franz Nielsen, and Oki that played really well mm-hmm. that year, too. Uh, we weren't really deep, and the defense was a little suspect, but uh, we, we had two pretty good lines. Uh, and, yeah, the first 10 games, I think I, I, I started slow. Uh, I was kind of nervous, you know, playing with John, and it was first overall pick, and... Uh, he, but he was a good guy. He was always uh, he was always good to me. And at some point, he, he he was the one wanting to play with me. So we had that great relationship with Matt Molson. He was a really good friend with Matt. Uh, and I think we uh, we developed that that relationship uh, where I think he uh, he kind of liked me off the ice. I think he, he, he I was showing him a, a different side, like a more a more human side. I was showing him a, a good time off the ice too a little bit. So I think he uh, he really enjoyed that. He was he was uh, he was still young. He was I think he was only nineteen or not even twenty at the time. So he was still learning, but he was uh, he was so mature beyond his age, and uh, he was really really good to me. And he's been he's been a great friend since. And could you see um, kind of the beginnings of of what that team became in a couple of years? Obviously, like you said, Johnny was uh, you know was the centerpiece, but like you mentioned, Michael Grabner you know came close to winning the the Rookie of the Year that year with uh, I think it was like thirty four goals. Franz was there. You had Travis Hamonic. Obviously, the goaltending I think was always kind of the biggest problem. Your couple of years there with so yeah. many different guys coming through, but but could you see what uh, what Garth Snow and and Capuano and and all the rest of those guys were starting to build? Yeah, they did, they did a great job. I mean, uh, it was it was pretty. Uh, they started from scratch. Let's put it, let's put it this way. And they brought in some guys, and you know, we, the, the main thing was trying to compete to to, to win games. And, you know, the, the first few years before I got there, I think it was it, it was really bad. Even my years weren't, weren't that great, but at least we we're starting to get something in motion with Cappy and with Snowy. And they did a really good job. Dougie Wade did a great job too when he came in. Uh, you know, I remember he was an assistant, but he was like also kind of a assistant GM to, to Garth and uh, they, they did the right thing. They, they, uh, they brought him some, some good veteran guys to, to help us uh, tr- try to grow. And uh, it was fun. I mean, we, we weren't, we weren't good by, by any means. We weren't even close to, to being a playoff team when I was there, but uh, I think we were learning things and, uh, and kept, Cappy was the Cappy was the best for me, you know. Obviously, it's easy for me to say he put me on the first line. He he really helped me out with uh, with my career. Uh, but I think he did a great job. He was really uh, he was really a player's coach. He was really human, and and the guys really responded to him for for the longest time. And that year, that ten eleven season, uh, you know, we uh, I remember I kind of missed connection with you. Uh, a few months ago, we did a big uh, oral history piece talking to yeah. a lot of guys about that crazy night against the Penguins. That kind of was the the release of a lot of frustration for the for that season, not just at the guys on on Pittsburgh, uh, but just in general. And and it was you know the fact that it was so crazy, and you guys beat them pretty bad uh, on the scoreboard too. What as a guy who didn't get involved in fights, um, what was that like to kind of be a part of? And you know, I'm sure you had some guys that you knew on the other side who were probably thinking, you know, what the heck is going on here? Yeah, those were pretty pretty crazy week. Let's put it this way. I think it was only a few few days after, if I'm not mistaken. Right, the game in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? What happened is uh, is Rick DiPietro was really liked. He was a really good guy. He was, uh, you know, he he was struggling a little bit in the net to, to find his game in those years. But the guys really enjoyed him. He was he was a gem to be around. Uh, and and when that happened, it really, it really got us together. Like it wasn't acceptable for us. And I remember the guys were, especially the tougher guy, which we had, we had a lot of them. We had Z, Zen Kanapka, Trevor Gillies, 
And when they started round off about about the the coming up game against Pittsburgh, I was like, oh boy. When I was listening <laughs> to them talking, I was like, oh, something's coming. <laughs> this is not good. This is not gonna fly well. And sure enough, that that, that game was nuts. I uh, I think I was the last guy standing on the bench because, like you said, I'm not really fighting. <laughs> but uh, you know. I knew a lot of guys on the other team, Pascal Dupuy, Max Talbot, and I haven't talked to those guys really since, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you. It was that that big of a deal. Yeah, uh, that's fun. And, and, you know, uh, it was fun to be a part of. You know, it's just a lo- lot of action. Uh, it was it was the emotions. Uh, it was the way it went down, too, in, in Pittsburgh, the, the, the cockiness that they had about that, you know, just beating up our goalie and beating us up on the scoreboard. I think... Uh, uh, it was expected that, that the next game something was going to happen. Yeah, you and uh, you and Zen and Kanapka were were pretty close. I don't know if you guys were shared a place or. Um, <laughs> I think people have always asked because they remember Z was such a good talker. Um, the biggest question that I got when I told some fans that that you were coming on the show is they all wanted to know what's happened to Hoppy. Is the biggest question. <laughs> who and could, first, you should probably explain li- who Hoppy I, is. Yeah, I did but. live with Z my first year uh, uh-huh. in Long Island. I don't think Snowy was too happy about that when he found that out. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a good time. You know, he was a good friend of mine. We played together in the AHL uh, in Cincinnati and in Portland. And uh, he was uh, he was kind of a mentor for me. Uh, I mean, especially like to be more tough and to, to play with more grit. He really helped me out in that department. He really helped me out in my career. So we became really good friends. Uh, and I lived with him that year. Uh, Hoppy was the the bunny that he that he had. I couldn't believe he had a bunny. He didn't tell me. He's like, "You want to live with me?" I'm like, "Sure, let's live together, save some money." You know, it's your first year in the NHL, and you know it'll be fun. I didn't have a, I didn't have a girlfriend at the time, so it was uh, it was perfect. But when I found out about the bunny, it was kind of I was like, "No way, there's no bunny living in the house." He was in the in the, he was in the in the living room just chilling there eating salads and carrots i was like what did i get myself into <laughs> Hoppy. <laughs> and he was like he was like oh, yeah it was uh it, it wasn't great but i kind of liked the animal at the end of the day you know and i was really good friends with z but you know we, we weren't home very often that year to be honest with you we, we were mostly at bachi eating or at cans having a drink <laughs> so that's uh so it wasn't too bad the year after uh, my wife came in and, and lived with me and you know started the family there so that was kind of two different two different uh, lifestyles but i enjoyed both of them and uh it, I, I still had uh i still had a pretty good season living with z my first year <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's being even being around him on, on my side of it, it uh you could definitely tell that there was a lot of fun to be had oh, so yeah. is hoppy is hoppy <laughs> still around somewhere or did he go to the to the bunny the bunny bin in the sky uh since I then think- i don't know if you kept up I think he's in the sky. I, uh, oh, I haven't talked to him that. in a few months, to be honest with you, but uh, I, I don't see him being alive. He was fat, too. I don't know. I don't think he made it that far. <laughs> oh, that's, that's too bad. But, uh, yeah, that was that was the most popular uh, question that I yeah, got. Yeah, I believe that he was he was bringing that bunny to the, in the locker room that I remember, and uh, Cap, he was like, what are you doing? I, can see I, was, I, I remember that now. It's pretty uh, some pretty entertaining times with Big Z. Yeah, definitely. So the next season, you're you're a little bit more entrenched. It's, it was Jack's first full season, and and yeah. again, it was it was uh, you know it was a difficult season. You guys had a big losing streak, kind of around the same time you'd had the one the season before when uh, when when the coaching change happened. How tough is that? You know, you're obviously focused on a lot on yourself and trying to control what you can control. But when you're when you're when you're looking up at almost everyone in the standings from about Thanksgiving, Christmas on, is it is it difficult to to kind of finish off a season like that and be in the right frame of mind? 
Yeah, it's, it's not easy, but at the same time, like when you get a losing streak that bad in November, you're done in the NHL. Unless like St. Louis, St. Louis did it; they proved everyone wrong. But right. like the odds are really against here. You know, if, if you if you go that deep in November, it's super hard to get back in the in the race. And we didn't have we didn't have the the same thing that St. Louis did, obviously, but. Uh, it, it, it's not easy, but you get something else to play for. You play, you play for your contract. You play for your teammates. You play for your coach that you like. Uh, you play for the fans. Like, so it's not forgetting about them. So, uh, once you're a professional athlete, you play in the NHL. You never give up. You, you don't take a shift off, or you like you you don't you're not like okay like f this like I'm not I'm not I'm not trying anymore. There's always something to play for at that level. Let's face it. So I think. All the guys were in the same boat, and we had a great group of guys, especially my second year. I think uh, Marty Reasoner came in, Mike Motto. Like, these guys were awesome. These are the best vets I ever dealt with in my life. They're, like, Mike, I played with Mots in, uh, in Cincinnati before. He's one of the best guys of all time. Uh, Trevor Gillies was great, too. He was such a, such a good guy to be around. He was a glue, so was Z. Uh, so we had a good time, you know. Uh, Friends was awesome. Grabs was great. Uh, Travis Hamnick was a friend of mine. Uh, I think Casey Sizikis was playing with us, if I'm not mistaken, or was he a call yeah, up? That, he, he was that, regular. He got called right? up for a few games. He yeah. got a, he got definitely got a few games that yeah, yeah. that 11 so he was, season. He was awesome too. Like we had, we had some great character in that uh, in that locker room. Uh, like we we weren't. A, it's too bad that we weren't the playoff teams, or like we would. I never had the chance to go deep with these guys because we had a we had a pretty good group of guys. Uh, and like you like I said, you you never you you never give up. You always uh, you always keep it going, and that's what we did. I think we. We had some winning streak that year. We we played some better hockey's don't like after Christmas, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, it was still a pretty good year. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely on the upswing, and then really for you personally, it was it was very much on the upswing because it you got yourself uh, kind of a you know a bona fide NHL deal uh, with the Avalanche. Um, how tough was that decision? I mean, it it was a good contract, and I'm sure there was not much hesitation. But uh, but was there a, a push for the Islanders to keep you, or were you kind of set on it once that year ended that you were well, you were kind of going to shop around? No, let's face it. I wanted to stay there. <laughs> like I was with the chemistry I had with with uh, Matt and uh, Johnny. Even when I played on the other line with friends, I was I was I loved playing with him. Uh, so I really wanted to stay there. I love the city. I love New York. My my wife loved it. So, but you know, the, the numbers didn't really work out for Snowy in his head. And, <laughs> and same for the organization. And I and I knew what I could get. Like I didn't know exactly what I could get that summer, but I was like, I'm I'm gonna wait. And they never really offered me anything. So because they because they knew I was going. Mm-hmm. So that's how it ended. Uh, it wasn't the end of the world, but it was. I was a little sad. I was a little disappointed that they never even matched it or even even looked at it really. Uh, but I understand where Snowy was coming from. Uh, he had some other guys that he had to pay coming up, and uh, they didn't knew they didn't know about the cap. Back then, the lockout was coming. There was a lot. Uh, he didn't want to have his, his hand ties. He just and, and Matt Mully just signed a new deal too. So it was kind of, you know, I, I understood. I was I was never mad, and I signed a really good deal in in Colorado, and I had a really really good first year there, the lockout year, playing with Matt Mosa, uh, Matt Mosa with uh, Matt Duchesne, and uh, I play, we had a lot of left winger. It was just kind of a revolving door, but I played most of the year with Duchy, and I. I, I probably had my best year there even better than, than long island so uh it, it was a good thing for me uh career-wise mm-hmm. and then you know got into i know you had a, an injury the next year and you did get back and get into some playoff games for the first time and uh, and then moving on to montreal starting to bounce around a little bit was yeah. 
Um, and I know you and I have talked about your experience in Montreal, even though it's so close to home, it wasn't a great one. But no. uh, when you when when you got to when you got to Toronto, which um, you know you were there, I think it was uh, it was Lou Lamarillo's first year as as GM, or was it he? Was. Uh, um, so what was that? You know, now that you kind of see the the world come full circle with Lou down here on the island, what was yes. that like? And I know that team was kind of uh, trying. That was at the beginning of the Leafs trying to turn things around. But what was it like playing for him? I, it was awesome. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, you hear all sorts of stories about him, like how tough he is, and but he was great guy, great human. Like he was, he was amazing to me. He really helped me out that year. I was Babs's first year too. Mike Babcock, uh, he was good. Same, same kind of same idea in in uh, in Long Island a little bit. We it was kind of a, a rebuilding here. Uh, they, you know, they were trying to to be pretty high in in the in the draft, obviously. But it was a good year. We had a good group of guys. It was fun. Lou was uh, Lou was amazing. He he made some he made some trades to, to get some guys early, and then made some trades to uh, to get draft picks and make the team better down the road. So. Uh, but I really enjoyed my year there with him, and he was really, uh, really involved. Like he's one of the GM that is, that is the most involved that I've seen around his players, or like in the locker room, or not too involved, but just the right amount. Right. You know what I mean? So it was, mm-hmm. it was good. I, I will always remember Lou. And you know, if you would have, if you would have told me he was going to be the GM of the Diaz when I was there, I would have never believed you. <laughs> <laughs> That's really full circle. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, we won't devote too much time to your last quick stint on the island, but um, you know that was uh, that was must have you know it was a shock to me as someone who'd been around the team for a long time. It was not yeah. a shock that they brought you back, um, but it was a shock when you went on waivers towards the end of that training camp without having Johnny there because of the World Cup, um, and then the Devils picked you up. Uh, you know that. When you're when you're kind of a, 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 a not an established veteran in that room, but just an established veteran in the NHL, is it frustrating to have that experience of oh yeah, I can go back to where I kind of got my start and and maybe I'll have that same chemistry and then all of a sudden boom, you're you're on a different in a different team in a very different situation in Jersey. Yeah, um, there must have been some frustrations there. Well, obviously it wasn't fun. Like if I'd be lying if I'd said I was expecting that or it was like. But also what happened is Barzal and Beauvillier really, really, really had a camp. They really played well. And I don't think they were thinking about keeping both of them. And, and they did. And the, the guy that kind of that, that got the hacks was me. So, you know, it's it happened. Uh, I was really, really mad for a couple of weeks, even a couple of months. Uh, you know, at, at Snowy, at Dougie. But then at the same time after that, I realized, I know it's a business. I know decisions needed to be made. And, uh, you know. I got. I was really mad for my family because I just got there, got my kids in school. It was a super complicated situation, and uh, that's what I was most mad about. You know, the, the, I thought there was a bit lack of respect there, or lack of uh, of communication early. But you know, it, it is what it is. I'm I'm completely over it now, to be honest. And for what I remember from from Snowy and Dougie Wade, they're they're friends of mine. You know, I, I'll never. Uh, they gave me my chance. They uh, they're the one that. Uh, uh, that believed in me for two years, played with Johnny and Matt, and uh, th- that's what I'll remember. That that last last little stint is just a, a bump on the road, to be honest. When uh, knowing Johnny as you did, and then after, you know, kind of a, a couple seasons after that, when uh, all the changes happened with the Islanders, Lou came in, Barry Trotz comes in, and Johnny still decides to leave. Um, you know, did you talk to him much leading up to that, and uh, were you surprised at all that he made the decision that he made? Uh I didn't talk to him much about that. Uh, I think he's a guy that keeps that kind of stuff to, to himself mostly. Uh, but no, I wasn't surprised. Uh, I knew he had the soft spot 
for going home this whole time. But um, it, it is, it's, it's such a big deal because he's such a big, big personality and he's such, such an important player for the Islanders. And I understand the fans that are disappointed. Uh, I was really surprised at the, at the fans being that mad and being that unrespectful that, that I had a hard time with that one. Uh, but I think it's water under the bridge for, for Johnny now and hopefully for the fans as well in, in Long Island. Uh, it's, it's kind of like what we're, what we're going through right now. There's no, there's no best case scenario <laughs> when, when that, when that kind of stuff happens. So, uh, but I'm happy for, for, uh, for John, I think he looks really happy in, in Toronto. Uh, they got a great team and you know what? The Islanders have a great team as well. So, you know, uh, they got a good coaching staff. They got good, uh, they got good young players. Uh, Barzell's a superstar. Uh, you know, they, they got, they got some boys coming up now too on D. So I think they will be a good team. Especially with that coach, I think he's one of the best coaches in the NHL, if not the best. So uh, I think they'll they'll be good for a long time in Long Island, and they'll have nothing to worry about. I mean, you said Garth and Dougie uh, and Jack are still friends of yours, and and it just must be a strange thing to see, like you said, to see Lou running hockey operations here on the island, to see Barry Trotz, who would just come off winning a Stanley Cup. He's one of the highest paid coaches in the league, and he's the Islanders' coach. Um, you know, when you were here, like you said, it wasn't, you know, money was definitely an issue for guys that were kind of on the fence about and, and, uh, and kind of, you know, Garth's hands were tied a little bit in some, in some circumstances. So is it, uh, is that the most surprising thing to see that this is a team that now, uh, spends money and, and is willing to kind of compete with the big boys when they can? Well, they had, they changed owner, right? Like they, it was a matter yeah. of time. It was a matter of time before the, the the wheel was going to get motion, especially when you, you probably hired the best one-two punch in hockey with Lula Moriello and uh, Barry Trotz. I mean, these guys were not coming here if, if the team wasn't spending. You know what I mean? So yeah. they, uh, they, once you saw that all unfold, uh, you knew the Islanders were going to be for real. And uh, I'm really happy to see that. I think the fans in Long Island deserve that. It was way too long for, to, like, for them to just be like kind of a just a team out there. You know, I think they deserve the winner. Uh they made the playoffs with Johnny. They they won around. They did really well. And now I think I think with that coach, I think they, they can surprise a lot of people. Uh, I know I know they hit a rough patch here before the the, the COVID uh, hit here, but I, I think they're a the real deal. I watched them play a lot in the last two or three years, and they they play with uh, a lot of speed and they play with a lot of grit and they play the right way. So I think. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really happy for the Islanders fan now these days, and uh, I think the next couple of years will be will be really good. And obviously, uh, you know, still in the plans, we haven't seen it for sure, but a new arena coming. I mean, you you uh, you played uh, in the Coliseum kind of during some some lean years when there were not a lot of fans in the building, unless there was a big name team that was that was across the ice. Um, what is that kind of uh, you know that that must be something that's also a little bit uh, out of the realm of of consideration that the Islanders could be in the in the nicest newest building in the league in a couple of years. I think it's going to change everything, <laughs> considering they're uh, they still have to go play some games in uh, in Brooklyn, which I hated. <laughs> By the way, I was <laughs> only there for a training camp and maybe a little bit at the start, and uh, you know, I've, that was the only thing that was happy about going to Jersey because I didn't have to deal with that anymore. So, <laughs> I, and I think a lot of guys think that way. Um, not all of them, but I think a lot of guys think it's. Uh, the, there's not many free agents that want to sign here because of that. And I think once once they get over that hump, get a new rink, and that, it's going to be in Belmont, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think this this is great. This is uh, this is going to change everything for, for a lot of reasons. And I think that's going to help them become a winner, become a Stanley Cup champion. 
Awesome. Well, um, you know, it may have been uh, a long, long time ago in some Isles fans' minds, but uh, but I that was my first year back on the beat. It was 11, 12, and I had a lot of fun hanging out in the locker room talking to you and Z and all those guys. So uh, it's great yeah, to catch same. up, PA. And um, you're you're back in uh, in Hull right now, or are you? Uh, no, I'm in Moncton, New Brunswick, in Canada. Oh, and okay. I, and I, we didn't talk about that, but I'm coaching now. I'm coaching the oh. the university team in in Moncton. I'm an assistant coach, and uh, this this was my second year this year. Uh, I love it. I mean, I never thought I'd be a coach. I was more I was more of a coach killer. So I'm really <laughs> I'm really surprised I'm a coach now. But it's it's great. That's uh, it's nice to be on the other side of the fence, uh, and uh, I enjoy uh, helping out the guys, and uh, you know. I try. I try to. I had so many coaches. I try to be a little bit like. I try to take from, from what I had from my coaches, from back, from Babcock, from from Cappy, from. Uh, but I try to be a player's coach. I try to be myself, and I think I think the guys enjoy me, and it's uh, it's it's been a fun uh, fun turnaround for me to become a coach. Awesome. Well, it's great to hear. Uh, and thanks again, PA Parento. It was awesome to have you on the show here. Thanks so much. Thank you. That's all we got for this week. Thanks so much to my guest, B.A. Parento, and for all you listening out there, we'll be back again with No Sleep Till Belmont next week. Stay safe, everyone.